You're listening to Boudoir Therapy, hosted by Darlene Wong. I fly over oceans in my sleep. Join me in my private boudoir where I raise the volume in the presence of coveted, feminine, and empowering business women I call the queens. Why can't we just be? Why can't we just be? You are not living life if you are not living your inner art. I have here Brandy Saffron, which is a yoga teacher, yoga, yoga therapist, and life coach. I would love to introduce you to her because she is all about connecting the mind and your inner self. And I think we all need someone sometimes to just coach us through that. Brandy, could you please introduce yourself and tell us what is your inner art? been a yoga lover, yoga practitioner for the past 30 years. My inner art is really bringing women together in sacred space and connecting them to their own divinity. It's a journey to keep remembering how divine we are and that this body is about finding that connection to that feminine goddess within us. Right. Oh, wow. Keep going. There's got to be more. (laughs) So how do you do this? I think that for myself as a woman, um, just a little bit about where I come from is I was really ashamed of my body. I definitely um, didn't feel like a sexual goddess. I just wanted to actually hide that I was a woman and I didn't like any attention on my body or on my femininity. And it took me many years to discover that the body is a safe, sacred place. So I think I've been blessed to be in a few really healthy relationships, sexual relationships, emotional, intimate relationships, and probably the most important relationship is a relationship with ourselves. I think we forget about that because we forget that this is our sacred vessel. We forget that we even have a vessel. So, and I think that one other thing that is super important in our culture is touch. And um, even, you know, if you're single, I think it's really important that you find a way to be touched, whether that is by yourself, um, just giving yourself a self-massage, cuddling with a, a warm pillow, hot water, caressing yourself, finding that connection of sensuality with yourself. I I personally, I love after I take my shower, I take all my time to cream all parts of me. And I'm just in there in my own little world, but I'm just lathering myself with lotion and making sure that all the creases are moisturized. And I feel that that's also a part of um, like self-love or self-affection. Yeah, it's really key, you know, um, and the senses, you know, that the organ is our, the, the, the skin is our largest organ of our body. It needs touch and needs that attention and needs that caress. And if you're somebody who likes scents, you know, just to have a beautiful oil scented, uh, to take that time and to check in with yourself. Like, how is my body today? Um, am I being kind to my body? 
And how is my body responding to touch? You know, some days we're not feeling great, you know, especially when we have our periods, we're feeling bloated or if things are going on with our immune system, if things are going on, just, you know, we're hormonal beings, which is a beautiful thing. But just getting in touch with where are we in relationship, getting in the right relationship with our bodies. I love how you said we're hormonal beings, which is a beautiful thing because I have never heard that in one sentence. Yeah. Finding that balance. You know, I think we're all about balance. As women, we're really great at giving to others. We often forget about giving and creating sacred space just for ourselves. We do. And I'm sure that all of this, what you're doing with finding connection and the importance of touch, it must have enhanced what your super royal power is. Could you tell us what your super royal power is, Brandy? I think that my super royal power is standing in my authenticity. That I'm just oh yeah, I'm truly embodying the yogi, yogini goddess. Um, there's no separation, you know, whether I am, you know, being a yoga teacher, whether I'm being a mom cooking dinner, whether I'm being a lover, whether I'm walking my dog, I'm embodying that goddess and uh, I'm never separate from her. How do you define success? Yeah, I think for me, success is health. Um, I've struggled with chronic illness since I'm 14. I have very bad Crohn's disease. Crohn's disease makes you very tired. It's an autoimmune condition. My success is being an acceptance of the waves of the day and accepting if I need a rest, I rest. And constantly checking in with, you know, the success of being healthy and being able to to be vital in, in my life. And how do you manage your your disease, does what you do, yoga, end up helping? Is that the reason why you ended up going into this field? Yoga, I started my journey of meditation when I was 16 after a year spent in the hospital. Definitely, they they go hand in hand. It was a life savior. It's a daily life savior, just that connection to my body. Yeah, so I discovered meditation when I was 16. And I loved it. You know, it was like the first time that I understood that we could quiet our mind, that we could have that connection to divine consciousness in this human form. Wow. So I really began that journey of seeking and I'm still, you know, a daily meditator. So yeah, that was definitely my route into the world of yoga, looking for a way or that actually meditation found me. I feel like it just came into my life and uh, it's definitely part of my life. So you didn't discover it, it discovered you and now it's become a part of you. Yeah, meaning like there was a teacher that came to me. I wasn't looking for a teacher, but a teacher introduced me to it. Like the teacher came to me. It's like when the student is ready, the teacher is there. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. And you know what? You're really fortunate to have been enlightened at the age of 16 because 
I, I remember myself at 16, I, I'm a teenager, I'm, I'm having fun with my friends, I'm staying out late for the first time. And, you know, you're just thinking about, you know, the next party and that boy and this girl, but you, you actually found a way to keep everything still in your mind. So it must have been very, very different from what your entourage of your friends were doing at the time. Well, it was interesting because, you know, 16 years ago, meditation and yoga did not really exist here. It was very, very limited. So my parents thought I joined a cult because <gasps> I was meditating. They thought something was more because <laughs> it's not like it is today. And then, you know, I, I can't say that I was like a purist, that I wasn't a social wild child. I still continued that journey hand in hand with meditation until I was ready to come into that union. You know, it takes years. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, this journey of spirituality, it's a daily practice. It's a daily dedication. And, and it takes years to really transform um, and become into, you know, the goddess that you so desire. It, it's the work. It's a transformation. Wow. I, I could really tell even just with the tone of your voice, it's very, it's really, um, it, I could feel the energy. It's so calming. Even my voice calmed down more. <laughs> and, and through all this, your, your meditation finding you and your parents thinking that you're in a cult, um, what kind of support system did you have? I had teacher that lived in India and I, um, I had the privilege to spend time on an ashram uh, in India a few times in the 90s. And I've always continued to surround myself with uh, like-minded spiritual seekers. So I have a strong meditation community today. We gather once a month. I've studied um, with meditation teachers, philosophy. And then in the yoga practice, of course, you know, the yoga teachers that called, called to me and uh, that I felt could do. So that as well. Wow. You know, I just realized that not too long ago that I needed to surround myself with like-minded people so that I don't seem so crazy. <laughs> because even if it's the closest people in your family and you're trying to express what it is that you're going through or what you feel or what you enjoy, they don't seem to quite get it. They you know, they'll support me, but by standing back as opposed to, uh, you know, getting into a conversation and, and finding more out. They're just, they just don't even know what to ask. But once I surrounded myself with the people, I found that that really boosted my self-esteem. And it made me also um, discover more of my artistic side. So I, I agree that like you really need to find your support system according to what your beliefs are and what you feel is really important to you. Super key to find your teachers, to find your peeps. It's a very spiritual journey. I'm sure through your spiritual journey, you had to deal a lot with guilt, doubt, fear. Could you tell us maybe one or two examples of how you deal with when it comes to those types of energies? So they're different, you know? I think they're very different energies. And I think that it could coincide with that question if you're in the right um, relationship with people. 
I've always been, you know, this meditator. And in my, I was married for 23 years. And my ex-husband was really upset that I meditated. And uh, he was very unsupportive. And I think that was part of why our marriage broke up. You know, it was just this, um, this anger that was there. So, you know, I left and I have three children. So guilt, yeah, guilty that, yeah, I, I am who I am and it's not going to change. And fear of being a single mom. Like, how do you um, leave and break up a family? And then how do you survive? I think that sometimes, you know, there's a dark night to your soul where are you going to continue be enslaved in a place where you don't live your truth? Or are you going to walk the road of fear and have faith in yourself? Walk the road of fear. Wow. <laughs> I think I told you that I'm also divorced and I have two small kids. They're four and five years old. And I really had a hard time with my ex accepting that I was an artist. Uh, every time I'd put up a painting, he'd take it down. We were together for eight years, but I also felt really guilty and uber responsible financially for two children if I were to leave him. But it got to a point where, you know, it wasn't just the art that was being brought down. It was everything else. I was so scared. So I, I don't, I can't imagine, you know, what yours was because it is very individual. But you were with yours, your ex-husband for 23 years. That must have been... I was married for 23. I was with him for 25, 26 years. That must have been... A huge leap of fear. It wasn't just walking the path of fear. You were jumping off a plane. I was, and uh, we all do. You know, we're not alone. And I think that here we could look at women like ourselves um, going through separation, going through divorce, you know, that there are support groups or that to get yourself talking to other women that have gone through that and finding, you know, right community for yourself. Super important. I'm so glad that you're sharing this with me uh, with, you know, with all your vulnerability, because it not only will help myself, because this is very inspirational, but I think it'll help other listeners to realize that they are not alone. There's a community here and, you know, some of them will be able to connect with our experiences and realize, no, she did it. She went on and she did it. So good for you. Congratulations on really accepting who Brandy is and keeping her alive throughout your entire journey. Thank you. You too, darling. Brandy, do you own a queen's chair? My passion is teaching women only um, pelvic floor yoga. So the pelvis is at the base of our spine and it is our chair. <gasps> so I really feel that I take my pelvis, which holds my creativity, my sensuality, my sexuality, and my connection to the earth wherever I go. So it's a part of me that uh, queen's chair, whether I'm sitting, standing, making love, it's, it's, it's who I am. So what you're saying is that you have a built-in queen's chair at all times. I that is awesome. <laughs> Wow. So I love that idea. I mean, 
You know, I I invented or created the concept around the queen's chair so that I can have, you know, my space the way I want it. And if I can't have, you know, something bigger, well, I've got a chair. And when I'm sitting on it, it's my time, my time to whether it's, you know, Google or just sit there and watch the kids run back and forth down the hallway. But they they realized also with time that when mommy is on her queen's chair, she needs a little bit of space. And um and I, I've put that into practice in my household, and I've realized it's so important to have that time that you do give yourself, whether it's a chair, it's a booth, it's a stool, it's, a, it's your pelvis. It's so important to allow yourself to have the time to think, to breathe, to just, to just be tell us a bit about your pelvis floor yoga a bit more. I, I, it's really interesting. Pelvic floor, I call it pelvic floor awakening. So first what inspired me into the subject was the womb. What is the womb? It's this place within us or fertile ground or creativity. And it, we don't really talk about it. We don't really know. It's that dark place within ourselves. So I did some um, initiations into womb awakening. Then I went deeper into um, be certified to be a pelvic floor yoga teacher, um, which was a really intense certification. And then I went more into the anatomical and physiological um, conditions that come along with the pelvis, things such as urinary incontinence, mm. um, painful sex, shame, trauma to the pelvis. Um, there's a lot, a lot of conditions that women, you know, don't want to talk about, you know, they're embarrassed about their vaginas. They're embarrassed, um, to talk about, you know, not feeling comfortable with, with their, with their body, like looking at their body, like what, what is this body underneath us? And, and it supports us all day long. You know, this is a muscle that supports our posture all day long. It's the way we connect to our uh, the earth, so the energy, to the way we stand, the way we sit. And then if, you know, you start peeing and you're having problems and you're constantly having, you know, losing urine and it happens. Um, organ prolapse is very common. So I just like to help have a sacred container for women to um, share and to learn about their anatomy and to learn how to help themselves when they are struggling with all these different conditions. Wow. And usually who are your clients who require pelvic floor yoga? Anybody. So I only work in, with women um, in pelvic floor yoga. So I want it to be a very safe space that people could share and it's confidential, whatever shared. So my clients are people that have urinary incontinence, people that have body shame, people that want to embody their goddess and their creativity and they're sort of shut down in fear in that area of their body and disconnected. Um, people that have prolapses, people that have, you know, loose vagina walls, um, hypotonic walls from multiple births, people that also have, um, you know, fecal incontinence. So there's all different conditions. Somebody who wants to understand a little bit more about their femininity. 
You know, I think I could have used your help after I had my second child. I had my children about a year and a half apart from each other. And uh, I had to wear a pad for almost a year after that because it could be the slightest little like cough, like... (laughs) or a little laugh or anything and I would just pee in my underwear and it was getting to the point where I was just it was it wasn't even embarrassing anymore it was annoying because <laughs> everywhere I went I knew that I was going to pee myself and it wasn't from laughing hysterically now it's it, it happens and there's nothing to be ashamed of but and thank you for sharing that I mean it happens and we could strengthen those muscles but you see, people don't talk to me about these things, even if I were to mention it to someone, but they'll be like, oh, don't worry, it's going to go away eventually. But it's nice to know that there's someone out there that can help you or, or guide you to to either accepting it or reinforcing it. Yeah, well, I think it's both. I think one, you're coming to class because you understand that there, there's something you want to Uh, you know, you're accepting it, but you know that there might be a way that you could um, strengthen those muscles. Um, There's many, you know, people don't understand those exercises that are just specific. And so there's all different, right? So that's one condition, but there's hundreds of conditions that come with the pelvic floor area. Imagine. And it's great to know. I'm happy I bumped into you because the first time I heard you say pelvic floor yoga, that was a big shock for me. And all I wanted to do was no more just because there is so much that happens in that area. And it's true. I mean, most of my problems I've had was around my pregnancies. I'm very petite and I gained 50 pounds with each kid because I just love to eat. And (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I love that I love to eat because I'm not a big eater. But my gosh, did I eat when I was pregnant. And then it was, you know, getting your body and your mind. And of course, you're still, you know, taking care of newborns and two newborns at a time was just you don't have any time for you. And you're just like, oh, forget it. I'm, I'm going to pee in my underwear for the next year. And that's what it is. And it could be that that's, you know, you have to, you know, we go through phases, you know, that this is what our life is like now. You know, it's like when you have two young children and some people have three or four small children, it's that time to just devote to that. Mm -hmm. And then when you're ready and you have more time for you, then you start, you know, rebuilding. Yes. Yeah. Pressure on ourselves to, to do it all at once either. You know, it's like there's times in our lives that it's just, you know, about being a mom. And then there's times in life when, you know, when the kids are not as young that we can make carve more time for ourselves. How can we contact you? So my website's being redone, but for now you can go to yogawithbrandy.com. I have um, Facebook also. Brandy, what do you deserve from life and how will you make that happen in 2019? I deserve from life to be a vessel of love. And uh, I'm very fortunate to be in loving relationship with my kids, first and foremost, because, um, yeah, I'm a mom, first and foremost, I'm a mom. And and I'm a lover. I have a a, a new partner and uh, we have a very beautiful, beautiful relationship. That's amazing. uh, Yeah. yeah, So I guess that love in every aspect and uh, love, love, embodying it. I love it. Do you have any questions for me, Brandy? I think my question would be for you, this concept that you have of the boudoir therapy. 
And then how do you see yourself embracing the divine feminine on your queen's chair? All right, let me take a deep breath. (laughs) I'm an interior designer and... After my divorce, I decided that I wanted to rebrand myself personally and business-wise. And I said, I need to find a way to help women who are in my situation. And I don't know how else to do it, but with my art and design. So now I've dedicated a big chunk of my, um, of my work towards women and it's boudoir interiors and private spaces. And I've noticed that women are very open with me and it's not just I'm their interior designer. I'm almost like a a therapist, but for the, I guess, the more aesthetic surroundings of them. But it really comes from something that they've always wanted and I'm able to take it out of them and then surround them with all of these feelings that they're telling me. So the boudoir therapy was an extension that I decided to create because I said there must be other women who are feeling the same way but are practicing it in in their own um, expertise. And for example, like such as yourself, you found a way to heal yourself through a trauma, you decided that's how you're going to help other women. Then I built the queen's chair for myself because I felt that I deserved the respect and that I was lacking in my relationship that I had. And by doing so, it was almost like a magical feeling when she arrived. I was so excited. I was excited even before she arrived. I was exciting just waiting for her to come home. I do call her her. Her name is Darlene Wong. Yeah, so I've always been called um, La Reina in Dominican Republic by some of my family members, which means the queen. I said, you know what, I'm going to translate that to English. It's queen. I'm a queen. I have my invisible crown. I'm going to sit on my queen's chair and I'm going to feel like a queen for the day or for that five minutes or for that one second or whenever she tells me to sit down because it's time to sit down, Darlene. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Brandy, for sharing your story. And I'm so glad to have bumped into you at uh, We Too. Um, I'm part of, I go sometimes, I love it. I love connecting and networking with amazing women that are there. Yeah, you seem to have a good crowd of people who really enjoy having you there. Yes. Yeah, you the best. I know, I notice that. Women have a lot of superpowers. Yes, you do. If you enjoyed the voice of Boudoir Therapy, please leave your review on iTunes. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram. And every Tuesday is Social Tuesday. I'll be active on social media if you have any questions. And don't forget the full moon special. Listen in a little bit closer to my story. Want to personalize your boudoir therapy experience? Visit www.darlenewong.com. 
under DW Boutique to purchase your copy of Boudoir Therapy, a self-deserving journal made by me just for you. And never, never stop living your inner art because you deserve it.